All right, so uh, it's 10.40 and I've got a 45-minute sermon. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. Today's message is going to be more of a devotion or a meditation on Psalm 119, uh, which happens to be the longest psalm, longest chapter in the Bible, but we're not going to do all of it. Uh, and then we will take communion together. Um, <clears throat> I do want to let you know uh, quickly that right after this service, we have a congregational meeting. So hang out for a few minutes after the service is over, and we've got some updates to share uh, with you on, on the church. And then also, um, A Clean Heart is a Lenten devotional uh, that the congregation of Lakeview has written um, to, to, through the Psalms, through some of the Psalms. And so... Uh, do we have a picture of that, of that clean heart devotional we can throw up real quick? I just wanted to show you the cover, uh, if we can. Oh, no, we don't have it. Okay, never mind. Um, anyway, pick up the book and look at the cover. It was, it was oh, thank you. It was, uh, the, the cover was made by Elena Delser uh, from our congregation, so she designed the artwork for this. And then the contributors are people from the church, including uh, adults and some of the teenagers from uh, the student ministry have also contributed. And it's just a great opportunity uh, that the book is written over four weeks, or sorry, seven weeks. There are as a reading from the Psalms and a devotional for Monday through Friday, each of the seven weeks. And we'll start that on February 20th. Um, and so if you want to pick up, the books are $5.00. Uh, and that just basically covers the cost of printing and shipping. It doesn't, we don't make any money off of them, but that's not our goal. So I wanted to let you know about that. Starts in a couple of weeks. Uh, let's jump into Psalm 119. Um, if we'll, we'll pick it up in verse 89. Uh, if you open your Bible to the, like the very middle, you'll probably hit Psalm 119. It is the longest chapter in the entire Bible. Uh, it has 104, uh, oh no, more than that. It has, uh, yeah, it's got, let's just say, a lot of verses. Uh, and so it's 22 stanzas long. Anyway, while you're finding uh, verse 89, let me tell you this little story. In the mid-1870s, the mid-1870s, several families moved to Stoughton from Cambridge. Is anybody here from Cambridge or live in that area? Okay, a couple, yeah. Uh, so several families moved to Stoughton from Cambridge and they started a Bible study. And that Bible study continued to, to, to grow. And so in 1882, they built a church building at 111 South Page Street here in Stoughton. Um, and they started the Norwegian Danish Methodist Church. For over 60 years, they held uh, classes and services in Norwegian and Danish. And because there were a lot of immigrants in this area for, that spoke those languages. Um, and the Norwegian Danish Methodist Church also worked with other churches in the area to do things like purchase land along the shoreline of Lake Wabisa and build Lake Wabisa Bible Camp. Um, they started a Youth for Christ ministry in the mid-1940s. And so um, around that time in the 1940s and 50s, the Methodist denomination started to close its non-English language churches and consolidate the Norwegian-speaking and the Danish-speaking and the Swedish-speaking congregations into English-speaking churches. And so the, Norway, Nor the Norwegian Danish Methodist Church of Stoughton, uh, try saying that, like what church do you go to? Norwegian Danish Methodist Church of Stoughton. <laughs> they were on the docket to be closed. 
1947, they hosted a Youth for Christ rally. They invited a speaker named Ken Anderson. And when he heard that the church was going to be closed in the very near future, he contacted some pastors uh, from Rockford Free Church and from Bethany Madison Free Church. And they worked together to raise money to buy the building from the Methodist denomination for $4,000. And then the congregation started a new church in their building. And that new church was officially chartered as Calvary Evangelical Free Church on February 6, 1948. They had 27 members. Uh, They held their first worship service on Sunday, February 8, 1948. And over the years, they grew, they moved, they did different things. In 1999, they built a new building on the north end of Stoughton, right next to Sand Hill Elementary School, and they changed the name of the church to Lakeview Church. Uh, And so what that means is that tomorrow, on February 6, 2023, our congregation turns 75 years old. Um, So this is our, yeah, that's great. This is our... um, 2023 is our 75th anniversary year, and what I would like to talk about today, the day before our official uh, 75th anniversary, is the faithfulness of God. Uh, and so I wanted, to, I wanted to pull from Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the entire Bible. It's 22 stanzas. Uh, it's a, this massive poem, and I want to look at one stanza from Psalm 119. It's the stanza that's titled Lamed, which is the Hebrew uh, letter L. Each stanza in this psalm begins with a, a, he, a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it's the Hebrew letter that makes the L sound, Lamed. And so this is Psalm 119, verses 89 through 96. Let's read it. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Uh, this psalm, this stanza of Psalm 119 is in two halves, and the first half talks all about how God is faithful forever, and the second half talks about how we can trust him. So I want to look at those two thoughts really quickly in this meditation on Psalm 119, 89 through 96. First of all, forever God is faithful. What, the, what this stanza begins with is, is it shows us that God's word is so vast and so big that in, it encompasses all of creation and every generation. See, in 89 it says, forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You've established the earth and it stands fast. By your appointment, they stand this thing this day for all things are your servants. What he's saying is God's word and God's faithfulness is so big and so vast that it, ex- it encompasses the entire created order. Everything from the smallest subatomic particle to the furthest galaxies flung to the edge of outer space in the universe and everything in between is under the authority 
of God's word and God's power. And the universe works the way that it does because God's word has established it and God's faithfulness has upheld it. In, in, it, in Hebrews it says, the universe is held together by the word of his power, right? So the, the, the reason why bumblebees fly and honeybees pollinate flowers and, and deer give birth and, and all these, the reason why all these things happen and the stars move and the planets move and, the, and every, the reason why the tides come and go is because God's word has established it and all things are his servants. And his faithfulness endures to all generations. I love that we had so many new generations of kids up here. And we have more. We, we just had another baby born uh, last week um, uh, to the Krubaw family. And so we've got more babies coming. God's faithful in their generation. God's faithful in my generation. God's faithful in my parents' generation. God was faithful in my grandparents' generation. And so on and so forth. All generations for all time. God is faithful forever. God is is faithful. In the church where I grew up, as a teenager, uh, I found out that the pastor had not been completely honest with some things. There were some issues with uh, money and the way money was being handled and, and all of that stuff, and it ended up that the church split over it, and I, I had a, a crisis of faith. As a teenager, when the pastor of the church is, is found not to be uh, fully honest about things, it really rattles you because I began to question, is anything that he said true? What about all the stuff he said about God? What about all the stuff he said about the Bible? What about all the stuff he said about Jesus? Is any of that true? Because he wasn't being honest about these things, so how do I know he was being honest about those things? And my dad told me, he said, you know what, uh, Every person in your life will fail you at some point. Every pastor will fail you. Every teacher will fail you. Every friend will fail you. Even your mom, even me, he said, we will fail you at some point. Every person in your life will fail you. But you know, there's one person who will never fail you. God will never fail you. Forever, he is faithful. And, and he said, don't, don't build your trust in God on the foundation of a human being who will fail you at some point. Build your trust in God on his word. You know, uh, it's, it's unfortunately relatively common for people to have a bad experience with church. And then sometimes they'll say, well, I had a bad experience in church. I'm never going to church again. But we don't live that way in any, else, any other arenas in our life. We don't say, well, I went to Burger King and then got sick. I'm never going to eat at any other restaurant again for the rest of my life. I, I didn't get sick after eating at Burger King, but that's just an example, right? We don't, we don't live that way. We'll go out to restaurants, even though I got sick at this one. I'll go out to other restaurants. So we have a bad experience at church, and then we say, well, I'll never go to church ever again. I don't, I don't believe in God. Well, no, don't, don't build your faith on God on the basis of human beings who will fail you at some point, but God will never fail you. Trust in his word. Uh, and the second part is this, forever God is faithful, and then number two, forever I will trust him. That's the second half of this stanza. God, since God is always faithful forever, I can trust him forever. Look at verse 93. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. Life is found 
when we trust in God's word and live in obedience to it. That's where the meaningful life comes from. That's where joy in life comes from. That's where uh, significance and purpose comes from. It's from living in obedience to God's word. We don't like that word obedience. But see, freedom is found when we submit to God's laws. And we say, well, how is it that submitting to God's laws brings me freedom? That doesn't make sense in my mind. I, I want to do what I want to do, and you're telling me that I have to give that up if I want to be free. Let me, uh, let me illustrate it this way. I grew up as a musician. Um, I love playing um, the piano. Is my, probably my, well, the saxophone is my favorite, but piano is a close second. I could go over and sit down on the piano and play a song. I'm free to do that anytime. I could just go sit down on a piano and play a song. My brother cannot. Do you know why? Because when we were kids, I gave up my freedom for a half an hour every day so that I would sit at the piano and practice. Meanwhile, he was free outside running around and playing. And because I had to give up a half an hour of my freedom every day, now later I have a deeper freedom. I am free to sit down at the piano and play music. Because he had that freedom to run around and, and, and climb trees and whatever for a half an hour, he doesn't have the freedom now to sit down at the piano and play music anytime he wants to. Right? And that's what God's, God's word and God's laws are designed to teach us how to live the best possible life. And if I want the best possible life, I have to submit to God's word now so that over time I become free to be who God called me to be, to live how God created me to live, to live a life of integrity and honor and justice, to be generous and to be kind and to be loving and to, to, to pursue justice and righteousness and mercy for others. I can't do those things. I can't be that person unless I submit to God's word and God's law. And God's word and God's law is actually better than perfect. See, that's how this stanza ends. Verse 96, I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. God's word is better than perfect. Now, how can something be better than perfect? Right, doesn't perfect mean perfect? <laughs> how can it be better than perfect? Well, it's interesting. Um, Michael Wilcock, a, a, an Old Testament scholar, says it this way. Perfection in verse 96, is a thought-provoking, ambivalent word. Perfect means complete or finished, and finished means finite. But God is infinite. So following the commands of God takes us beyond the limits and the limitations of this world. If all people were to serve him as all things already do, they would find in that service perfect freedom. See, God's word and God's faithfulness go beyond the limits of what we can see or comprehend or conceive of. It's actually better than perfect because our God is an infinite God and he does more than what we could ever imagine. When I was telling a little bit about the history of Lakeview Church, I mentioned um, Bethany Madison Free Church. Uh, that's a, a tiny little congregation that still gathers for worship in Madison and Bethany Church is not a mega church. They don't have thousands of people coming to their building every Sunday. 
Their uh, pastor who recently retired isn't a best-selling author. He doesn't have a podcast with thousands of subscribers. The new pastor who just started doesn't have a book deal. He's never been invited to a conference to be the keynote speaker. The building that the church meets in isn't big. It's not fancy. It's not new. It's not technologically advanced. Nobody's ever heard of Bethany Church in Madison. It's not one that it's not the kind of church that makes the cover of Christianity Today magazine. Right? No, no pastors ever say, I want to be like the pastors of Bethany Church in Madison. No, we talk about how we want to be pastors of huge churches with thousands of people and all kinds of amazing things. But Bethany Madison was faithful to God, and God was faithful to them and exponentially multiplied what they did. Bethany was instrumental in, help, in helping Lakeview Church get started 75 years ago. They've planted other churches around Wisconsin and even internationally, and they helped plant two other churches in Madison whose names we might recognize, Blackhawk Church and Door Creek Church, both of whom are massive churches that reach thousands of people. So this little tiny congregation that nobody's ever heard of was instrumental because they were faithful to God God was faithful to them and exponentially multiplied their faithfulness to reach thousands of people in Madison, in Dane County, in Wisconsin, and around the world. That's the kind of God we serve. He is faithful. And so we, this 75th anniversary year of Lakeview Church, recognize that God has been faithful to us and we want to share his faithfulness with others. Here's one example of the ways, one of the many ways God's been faithful to us recently. Our, uh, we paid off our mortgage this month. So, yeah, that's amazing. Lakeview is now debt-free. Uh, and so we want to now turn around and share the faithfulness of God with others. That's what this year is about. It's about sharing the faithfulness of God with other people getting them around our tables, sharing a meal with them, sharing the life and love of Christ with them. That doesn't necessarily mean you slide a gospel tract with the four spiritual laws across the table. It just means that you look them in the eye and smile and love them. That's a place to start. We wanna share the faithfulness of God all year. We, wanna, we recognize and celebrate what God's done for us and we wanna celebrate what he's doing for others. And, and so uh, we put together a planning team to, to help us celebrate the 75th anniversary year and I said, I don't really wanna have a big sheet cake and a big event and say, look at all the things we've done in the last 75 years because it's not about all the things we've done. It's about who God is and what God has done and so we want to celebrate God and what he's doing. We want to share his faithfulness with others. So, so we want to do little things throughout the whole year to celebrate and acknowledge God's faithfulness to us. And, and the, where we're going to start uh, is by raising $7,500 for Levi Keel. It's our 75th anniversary year. Levi's mom, Gretchen, was a member here, very well loved. She passed away on January 1st this year. Single mom. Levi's five years old. He's an awesome kid. Many of you probably gave at her uh, celebration of life service to the memorial fund. If you didn't have a chance to do that, uh, all through the month of February, we're inviting you to give to the Mercy Fund. There's a box out there. You can do that online, however it works. Uh, but we want to raise $7,500 to bless Levi. 
uh, and, and start sharing God's faithfulness with others that way. Some of the other ideas that the planning team has kicked around, things like uh, having 75 days of prayer this year, uh, blessing 75 local families who are in need whether that's groceries or I don't know, but um, having 75 volunteers serve at the food pantry or uh, working through global fingerprints to see if we can get 75 kids sponsored. Just whatever. We're kicking around all kinds of ideas, brainstorming, but the idea is to celebrate God's faithfulness to us by sharing his faithfulness with others throughout the year. That's what this year is about, sharing Christ with others. We're going to uh, close our service today by sharing God's faithfulness together in communion. As you read through the Old Testament, there is promise after promise after promise after promise that God made to his people. And in Christ, all of God's promises are yes and amen. They are all fulfilled in Jesus. In Jesus, we see the greatest demonstration of God's forever faithfulness to us. In that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. John three sixteen and 17. In Christ, we have the greatest demonstration of God's faithfulness that we could ever imagine. And so, communion reminds us of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. The bread we eat is, is a symbol of his body that was broken on the cross for us. The non-alcoholic juice we drink is a symbol of the blood that Jesus shed for us, the faithfulness of God to exchange places because I'm a sinner and I couldn't have a relationship with God. So Jesus said, I'll die in your place and I'll forgive your sin and give you my life in exchange and restore your place at God's table. That's what uh, communion reminds us of is the faithfulness of God shown to us in his son, Jesus Christ. And when we take these elements, when we eat this bread and drink this juice, we are then saying, yes, forever God is faithful, I believe that, and forever I will trust him. I recognize that Jesus is the source of my life. God's word brings us life and God's incarnate word brings us eternal life. And that's what we're saying through communion. Yes, we remember the faithfulness of God and yes, we recommit and reaffirm our decision to trust him forever. So at Lakeview Church, you don't have to be a member here to take communion, but what we do ask is that you have decided to trust him forever. Maybe you're deciding that this morning. Or maybe you made that decision a long time ago. Doesn't matter. If you're deciding to trust him forever, you can take communion as an expression of that trust. Let me pray and then we'll take these elements together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your faithfulness. It's never ending. Forever and ever you are faithful. And for those of us who have surrendered our lives to Christ and received your mercy, we can say yes I will trust you literally forever because we have eternal life in Christ. So we thank you for that. Lord Jesus, I thank you for coming and standing in my place. I should have been the one put to death for sin because I'm guilty. But you forgave my sin. You died in my place and you gave me your righteousness credited to my account. And I'm thankful for that. And Lord, I, I cannot... 
I cannot say thank you enough. So Lord, uh, as we partake in this meal, this communion, symbolic meal together, thank you for giving us a room in your house and a seat at your table. And I pray that as we do this and recommit our faithfulness to you, that you would bring people into our path that we can share your faithfulness with, uh, with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's eat the bread together and remember his death. Let's drink the juice together and remember his life. That concludes our service today. Uh, You're welcome to hang out for the congregational meeting that will happen in just a few minutes. Otherwise, may the Lord bless you and keep you this day and this week. Go in peace.